and welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and the song you just heard is Sail by AWOL Nation. And it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Chris LeClaire. Chris is from Coggin, Iowa, and wrestled at Northland High School. He was a three-time state place winner before moving on to Coe College. He was a two-time Division Three national qualifier before battling injuries in his final two years. Chris now works for the Illinois State Police and lives in Alito, Illinois with his wife and two boys. A little note before we get started, I lost my voice just prior to this interview, so please forgive me for my raspy voice. Otherwise, please sit back, relax, and enjoy Chris LeClaire. What have you been up to? Uh, me and my family, we just all took turns getting the flu, so we all recovered from that finally. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, just one after the, the other. We, My oldest boy got it, and then he passed it to my little one. My wife got it, and I got it Friday morning, well, Saturday morning. Dang. Yeah. So you're still getting over it then probably, huh? I just have a little tightness in my chest. Otherwise today I've actually felt really good. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. I just, I just lost my voice is all I, I was at a conference yeah. this whole past week. And so I think it happened. I could feel it. You know, you can kind of feel it coming on. Like I think it was like Wednesday or Thursday night. I could feel my throat getting a little raspy. Yeah. So, so here we are. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. So what, what have you been up to this weekend? Were you just hanging out? I actually took vacation off of work All right. for uh, bow hunting. Oh, okay. It's supposed to be, you know, a good time to hunt. And unfortunately, every day oh. I took off, it's 60 to 70 degree weather, which isn't very good for hunting at this time of year. So, But the mornings have been pretty – do you go in the morning? I, I've only been going in the morning so far. Uh, okay. Not a lot of movement in our timber like there normally is. Really? I think – and, and we have a lot of corn around pretty much the entire property mm-hmm. and it's still standing corn. And I think that's kind of affecting some of the movement around my area. So, uh, yeah, that's too bad. Cause you, you probably don't get too much vacation, do you? Cause you're, you're a police officer now, correct? Yep. I work for the Illinois state police. Uh, what I actually love about working for them versus my previous agencies, just how much time off you actually get. Like, uh, okay. You know, every year, I i mean, this year we took two vacations and I'm using, you know, it was technically going to be vacation days, but I'm just, I've been burning holiday time, mm-hmm. but between holiday time, comp time and vacation time, you get a lot of time off. Okay. So you're, you work for the Illinois state. So where do you live then? I live in Alito, Illinois. Okay. What, what brought you over there? Met my wife. Oh, yeah? yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you meet, where'd you meet her at? Met her at Clayton Rush's wedding. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so you, that, and he that's was your where teammate Clayton's, at, right? Clayton's originally from Alito. Oh, okay. And he lives in Iowa. Now I live in Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you work for the Illinois State Police. So does that mean you're like a state trooper? Yep. State trooper. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Did did you live in Iowa? Were you a police officer in Iowa too for a little bit? Nope. I just kind of worked a lot of odd jobs. Yeah. Uh, realistically, nothing great at all. Yeah. Uh, my favorite job at, that I did work in Iowa is for uh, Tyler Schlist's dad working on their hog farm. Oh, really? 
Yeah, I actually enjoyed doing that. Uh, but no, I didn't become a police officer until I uh, got in Illinois. I think I lived here a couple of years and then got on with the Lido Police Department, which is where we're living. Okay. After that, I think I spent about between part-time and full-time, about three and a half years with them. Mm-hmm. And I have a brother-in-law that's with the state police and he said he recommended that I apply for them. So I did. And uh try applying actually got on with them so wow nice because is what did you major in at co pretty much wrestling oh really okay yeah. so like if you want to be honest uh <laughs> no my major was uh p was strength and conditioning okay okay so then how were you able to get into then being a police officer if you you know if you didn't have that like law enforcement degree or criminology or whatever so you like you don't actually you don't actually need like a degree in that at all mm-hmm. to get in with law enforcement uh you just got to be 21 and uh a lot of places they like to see at least a bachelor's degree mm-hmm. yeah and uh luckily i had that because that's one of the requirements for state police is a bachelor's degree and if mm-hmm. you don't have that you need so many credit hours in college or certain type of military experience with metals oh wow okay so wow. okay so then you got on you were able to get on with the police department that that must have been when did you decide you were going to take that turn instead of like you know using your degree and being like i assume maybe a pe teacher or strength and conditioning coach uh probably <laughs> my senior year in college no kidding i knew i either wanted to actually be a firefighter or a police officer my dad's a full-time firefighter for cedar rapids wow so and i did after college i did go take the uh basic uh emt class Mm -hmm. Uh, but when i was working for shalistas i became best friends with uh this Mark Keeney, he's got a son that's a senior this year for Albernet. Mm-hmm. And I was running their little kids wrestling program, became best friend with him. Mm-hmm. And he's a police officer in Hiawatha. And pretty much once I met him, I was like, no, you know, I just I want to be a police officer. So wow. wow. I started flying places. I applied for Cedar Rapids, didn't get on with them. Uh, then yeah, I met my wife. When I moved here, Alito had two openings. Wow. I applied, didn't get hired, the full-time positions. Then about a year went by, and I was actually mowing the police chief's yard. <laughs> and <laughs> he was just kind of, I think it was the second time I ever met him, maybe even the first time. I was like, hey, I got a question for you. He's like, what's that? I was like, what, what do I need to do to get on with the police department? Nice. And he's like, I take it, you don't have any criminal background? I'm like, nope. Uh, and he's like, well, put in an application. So I did, and it uh, wasn't long after that. I got on part-time with him and got my foot in the door for full-time. So Nice. Nice. So what, what happened to, you know, did you want to be a PE teacher, you know, or a strength coach? Is that why you majored in that at the beginning? No, I was actually, I wanted to be a physical therapist. Oh, okay. Uh, the first year that I was there. And 
it wasn't until like later in my uh, freshman year that I realized you actually had to apply to, uh, I think, take like the physical therapist courses. Like you had to, you had to apply to be in their program. So I was already pretty much a year behind in that. And I was Mm -hmm. like, crap, now what am I going to do? Well, a lot of the classes I had already taken went to the PE with strength and conditioning degree. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, I guess this is the route I'm taking. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Okay. Did did you like it? It wasn't bad. No. I mean, I, I enjoyed school at Cal for sure. Yeah. So like, did, did you substitute teach or not substitute, but did you like, you know, student teach and do all that? No, because I never even went. Uh, my degree didn't even involve the teaching portion. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So what, I guess what it, it was literally, then? I think just for strength and conditioning, be a strength oh, okay. and conditioning coach. Wow. Well, at least, you know, it's, you still got it in your back pocket, you know, that, yeah. I mean, that sounds like you're on the up and up where you're at there. So that's, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know? So what, what, what's the trajectory like there then? So now you're, you know, on the state police, what, what's kind of next for, for uh, you in your career? I would really like to get on with uh crime scene or investigations. Okay. Which I was going to put in. So it's, it's kind of weird uh, with agencies like this, you there's 20 some districts in the state of Illinois. Wow. So yeah, we kind of have the same boss, which is the governor and then mm-hmm. the director, but people you don't really even meet. Uh, but otherwise every district's manned by their own captain. Uh, okay. So when vacancy announcements come out, for openings and special assignments, uh, you can put in for it as long as you have, you know, you're qualified enough kind of mm-hmm. like with the crime scene one that just came open. I, I looked into it and I couldn't apply for it because, uh, I needed two years on full time, okay. not counting the Academy time. Well, I was at like two and a half years but one year was academy time. Oh, okay. So I missed out on that opportunity. But yeah, with all these special assignments, when an opening is available, you have to put in a resume. You have to go through an interview. And yeah, they ask for all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you did. So you did go through the academy then. Oh, yeah. I, I went through the academy with Alito. Okay. And when I got on the state police, I had to go through the academy again because they <laughs> have their own academy. Wow. Okay. And that was like, that one was pretty crazy. Really? Yeah. It's like uh, they're paramilitary. So it was pretty much like uh, going to a, to a military camp in a way. Wow. Yep. You had barracks. There was, I don't know, probably 30 some people, I think. And Wow. My, my dorm room and you had, you know, the top bottom bunks all lined up throughout the room. Mm-hmm. You get waking up by a trumpet every morning <laughs> and tack officers coming in, yelling at you, trying to, 
you know, scary and everything gets you flustered mm-hmm. and make you uh, make quick decisions. Wow. Wow. And where, where was that at? So you, you probably like, yeah, where was the Academy for Alito? Was that just in Alito? So that one uh, I lucked out with, I got my police officer certification uh, by going through a part-time Academy and it was every weekend for months I'd have to drive to Galesburg, which is about 40, 45 minutes okay. south of Alito. I uh, went through that. And uh, once I came full-time with them, I had to go to a two-week transition course to be considered full-time officer. And that was in Belleville, Illinois. And State Police Academy is held in Springfield. Wow. Wow. So you've been you've been hard at it over these last few years. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, what what was uh, the uh, the training like compared to wrestling? You know, that's always kind of a interesting or a fun question you ask. You know, I remember kids back in high school, they would go to the Marines or whatever, and they'd come back, and some of them would be like, "Man, wrestling practice was harder" or whatever. So yeah, <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because I said uh, the guy that interviewed me for uh to get on with the state police he came to my house and like multiple times and interviewed me and i was like you know like i always wanted to with my wrestling background i told myself i always wanted to try a military camp see what it's like he goes oh this is nothing like military like he was kind of talking it down and then first day i get there they call it day zero you have to stand with your bag, like to your right on the asphalt, you got to stand on the, I think the right side of your license plate on the front bumper of your car. And they all just come swarming out and they just start screaming at you. And the whole time through the whole Academy, I always just thought back to the guy that was interviewing me and I'm like, you are full crap. This is too like freaking military camp. But uh, no, if it wasn't for wrestling, it would have been really easy to quit. Yeah. Like, uh, there were nights there. The first couple weeks, I asked myself, what am I doing? And I was looking yeah. at it at from a standpoint of, I was just in, I was a police officer. I always wanted to yep. be a police officer. I had that job. And now I just let it all go. I have a family to take care of now. Like, if you wash up in the State Police Academy, say you get injured, you're gone. There's no, like, giving you time to recuperate because there's only a certain percentage that you can miss in the academy. Um, They just pretty much say, hey, you got to leave. You can apply for the next class. So the first couple weeks, I was just like, what am I doing here? You know, Uh, there was a little bit of doubt in a way. But then as it went on, uh, and it was more just the nonsense of them yelling at you, really. And uh, the more it went on, easier it got. And then when it came like the physical portion, that was a piece of cake for me. Yeah. Nice. I had one, there was one TAC officer one day that uh, we're, they call it getting smoked. And uh, they tell you to get low, you're in the push up position. You know, you're doing burpees, whatever it is they want you to do. And he came over to me one day 
And he's like, do you work out with Claire? I was like, yes, sir. He's like, I couldn't tell. And then he walks away from me. And then there is some people there that, you know, were dog and stuff. And he came back over to him. He's like, it's pretty, pretty pathetic that some of these people can't get through this workout home with Claire. Like, yes, sir. Man, I went home and told my wife because uh, <coughs> before, I think that might have been like on a Friday and they had mentioned to us, you know, how pathetic we were and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's going to be new squad leaders getting assigned when you return on Sunday and things like that. And I went home and told my wife, I was like, pretty sure I just uh, got myself into a squad leader position. <laughs> Wow. And she asked why and I told her and I wasn't that I was trying to embarrass anybody, just my work ethic, you know. Right, right. I'm taught to give hundred percent in everything I do. And next next week we came back and I was assigned squad leader. Nice, nice. Yeah. I mean, um, quick question before. Um, um are you just now so can you only work at the Illinois State? police department like you can't can you come to iowa if you wanted to at some point or would I you have to you know how does I've that kind of work you're like a transfer okay or like a lateral type thing uh but i do know i was uh like terminology or their laws they're they're not all called like the same thing i think there's like a aggravated assault in Iowa, I believe that is when you go hands-on with somebody and actually punch somebody. Mm. Where in Illinois, it's aggravated battery, things like that. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, so like a DUI versus a DWI, right? There's like... Yes, yes. Yep. So if I was to try and do like a lateral or a transfer or something like that, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure they would accept me. Uh, mm. But you would have to, you have to do like a two-week course or something like that okay i I worked with somebody in alito that transferred or i forget if i don't think it's called a transfer but like a lateral Mm -hmm. and she went to uh scott county sheriff's department and that's what she had to do okay scott county like in iowa yep okay okay so how big is alito 3700 people okay that's not bad. That's, that's not bad. Yeah, I told myself I was never going to live in a city, but here I yeah. am. And yeah, thirty-seven hundred people. They're all majority of the community. They're all close knit. Yeah, Obviously you don't know everybody, but I want to consider it a city. Yeah, I think Monticello is like forty-five, I think, or something like that. So mm-hmm. you know, um, so yeah. Um, with your district, you said there's 20 districts. So you have like a certain jurisdiction. Yeah. So I cover every district. They cover so many counties. Our, our okay. district covers, uh, our district covers four counties. Okay. Well, you're still state. So like if you needed to go across the state to help out, you could still do that. Like, yes. So for example, uh, just, it's been just over a year now that we've been doing it. They're doing a thing called Chicago anti-violence crime detail. And it's for all the, uh, 
shootings that are happening on the expressways in Chicago. Okay. Well, Chicago is down like a hundred some troopers. Oh, wow. And, uh, wow. Yeah. And so to try and help with the shootings, our district is required to send two troopers every two weeks. So I've been up there four times now to work. Oh, do you stay up there? Yep. You stay in a hotel. You're up, you work like four days and you get three days off. You come home on your days off and then you have to go back up there and work another four days. Wow. But yeah, wow, it's, uh, no, it's a different control out there. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, uh, the stuff you're constantly getting called to. I mean, being on an expressway or an interstate, part of the state police job, we pretty much are the ones to handle crashes. Yeah. There's obviously always crashes up there. Yeah. Uh, and then just to hear the call volume that comes over the radio up there is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Um, yeah. So I guess, um, yeah, it's great that you're doing that. And first responder, you know, so as a first responder, obviously I'm, I'm going to thank you and, I'm sure the listeners are are very appreciative, you know, that all our first responders do police officers, firemen, you know, um, ambulance drivers. So uh, appreciate that work that you put in because um, I can't even, I don't even know how I would, you know, how you do it at times. So, thank you. you know, I don't think I could do it. So it's, uh, it's <laughs> definitely changed just in the short time that I've been in law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I wonder, because you're not the biggest guy, you know, um, no. how much like do you get sized up a little bit, you know, because you're a little bit smaller? It's kind of funny. I, I've only had to go. I'm actually a pretty laid back person. Like, yeah. I don't care if I know who you are and yeah. I know how big of a dirt ball you are. If I've if I've never had an incident with you or had to go to a call and, uh, you know, respond to a call involving you. I always give people their, you know, their chance, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's pretty hard to get me angry, I guess, but I know mm-hmm. in the back of my head, I'm always prepared. Like if I'm going to have to go hands-on and in the five and a half years I've been in law enforcement, I've only had to go hands-on twice. Um, and it's funny, you know, the size up thing, like it's the, everybody knows what a, who a wrestler is by looking at them. And I always, people joke around with me a lot about that. Like when we go to control and arrest tactics training in our district, uh, first year or two, this one Lieutenant, you know, he's talking about what you do with certain people. And then he, uh, he's like, and then if, if you see LeClaire in his ear, uh, yeah, just let him go. <laughs> you know, so everybody knows what wrestlers are like, I guess, but mm-hmm. no, I've never been sized up or anything. Just how much, how much does that stuff weigh? You know, like all your gear. Oh, the belt, the belt, I think weighs the most. That's got to be close to 25 pounds. Oh, geez. And then the best is probably 15 pounds. All right, so we're at 40. 
Yeah. And then the boots that you're always having to wear. And yeah. I bet it's, yeah, 40 to 50 pounds, I bet. Jeez. Oofta. And that's extra. So, I mean, imagine running or do you like have to do like sprints in those to get used to the weight? I mean, I can't no, imagine. I have had to chase two people. Yeah. Like, uh, they actually, uh, when we were in the academy, like, you know, you're supposed to look good and everything. Mm-hmm. Like you always got to look squared away. They say, uh, and it'd be when I went there, it was like during the winter time, fall into winter and you go outside and they're trying to teach you how to march and everything for, yeah. uh, the graduation, graduation ceremony. And, uh, something's not good enough out there. Well, they don't care if it's rain, mud, you yeah. know, they'll smoke you, tell you to get low and you're wearing all your stuff. So there's a few times where you actually kind of did work out and stuff, wow. but it wasn't a uh, scheduled workout. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess I'll shift gears now to some wrestling because uh, you know, you were, your name and you yourself was, you know, or someone to watch someone I watched, um, you know, your blonde hair, you know, we yeah. can tell where you were. <laughs> um, but um, when you were growing up, you know, like you had Dan and Nick come before you and even your dad, did you kind of understand the last name LeClaire and the, and the, you know, what it meant to the sport? Yeah. Uh, I knew obviously that, we're a big wrestling family. And what a lot of people don't know is there's an older brother older than Dan. No kidding. Yeah. And he, he wrestled too. Yeah. Through his, uh, I want to say he ended up quitting his sophomore year of high school. Oh, wow. Okay. What was uh, his name? Michael. Michael. So there's- yeah. And he wasn't bad. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like the year that he quit, or it was the year after he quit the guy, I believe it was a guy that he beat uh, more than once. I think that guy ended up winning state. Oh, wow. But no, I, I think my dad did a good job with us. Uh, you know, I, I recall when I was in like preschool and kindergarten, uh, he was the head coach at the time, I believe. Uh, at least one of those years and uh, him taking me to practices mm-hmm. and I'm just, you know, just having me be around the environment, I guess. Uh, and I think that's how he probably got us all to really like wrestling, just having us around the environment, even mm-hmm. before we were, you know, before we could even wrestle yet. Uh, but then obviously going to all the tournaments and stuff and, competing and my brother's competing i knew yeah i knew we were a wrestling family mm-hmm. and that this was probably our the sport that i wanted to do mm. did you do any other sports um played baseball all through middle school so elementary through middle school did football in middle school. I did football two years, maybe actually three years in high school. Uh, I didn't do it my senior year. I forget if I took my junior off or my senior year from football because my freshman year in high school, I broke my ankle the first game. 
Oh, no kidding. And then sophomore year of high school, I blew out about every ligament in my knee, which is why I missed my sophomore year of wrestling. So I want to say, I don't know, I, I want to say maybe I took my junior off and then I, my senior said, screw it. Like, no, I want to play football again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I was wondering what happened your sophomore year because I didn't, you know, I didn't see much, you know, I didn't see anything for you. Yeah. You know, I could find your freshman, junior, and senior year, but yeah, when it came to your senior, your sophomore year, I was like, hmm. so yep. dang, a lot of it. That's that's rough. Yeah, I mean, the- it wasn't fun uh, missing my whole sophomore year, and uh, at that time, I thought it was going to be the last chance I had to wrestle with a brother, which would have been yeah. Nick. Nick mm-hmm. was a senior, so I was doing everything possible to try and get back, even for our last duel. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That's that's a good point. Cause yeah, Nick would have been a senior. Um, obviously, yeah, he came back and wrestled with the at Cole and we'll probably touch on that later, but yeah, you know, um, gosh, what, what was the timeline? What was that time frame Like, did, were you almost back? Well, I know the doctors made a comment that it was like the fastest return they've had. Wow. For you know, I, it was my ACL, MCL, and PCL. Oh, geez. And uh, I mean, like I said, I thought it was going to be my last chance to wrestle with a brother. So mm-hmm. I was doing everything I could and trying to do more. I was back drilling and almost wrestling live in three months. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I wasn't obviously supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bridgewater didn't, I don't think he likes seeing it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure my dad loves seeing it <laughs> because he was thinking the same thing I'm thinking, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but technically, so our last duel that year was against Don Bosco to try and make state duels. Ah, okay. And I actually went to, uh, I went to independence I don't know if there's a PCI there off the interstate, but there's a therapy place there in Independence. And uh, my dad knows who said not to release me, but they somebody intentionally didn't release me because of the duel and who it was against. No. No way. Yeah. Wow. So that that hurt. Yeah. But what what year would that have been? Would that have been two thousand? So it's kind of it's goofy how those years work, you know, because wrestling overlaps two years. Right. I graduated in two thousand nine. So yeah, I think maybe two thousand seven. Okay. Yeah, because I'm looking here, and you guys got second as a team in two thousand four or two thousand six. Excuse me. Yep. That's when I was a freshman. Okay. So I was wondering if that was the year that, you know, you didn't nope, get cleared. No, nope, it would have been the year after that. Gotcha. So yeah, probably 2007. Wow. Yeah. You know, I was just kind of looking back and it's, it always amazes me how you don't understand how tough wrestling is like from a team perspective, you know, until you start looking back on things, you know, North Lynn has only three top four finishes as a team. I know. And only one state dual team appearance. And you guys have been traditionally just hammers, you know? 
And I mean, you got to beat the best, right? The best. Yeah. But every time that we had a chance to make state duels, we drew Bosco. Right. And then we never make the state duels. The one year that we, uh, the one year that we didn't draw Bosco to make the state duels, we made the state duels. And then we had them first round at state duels. Are you kidding me? (laughs) It was pretty crazy how the cards fell, but they're a tough team. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I just looked at that. I just looked at that and was like, wow. I mean, you guys were, you know, I wrestled against North Linea for two years and they were just, I got probably the easier years if you want to call them that, but you know, cause you guys have had some good teams. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. Uh, when you could look at a lineup and there wasn't much fall on it, you know? Yeah. But then there was definitely, when we were on a roll back then, there was definitely dang near five, six weights in a row to where it was just like a freight train coming through. Yeah. You looked forward to everybody stepping out. Yeah. And, you know, it seemed like there's a lot of, um, uh, it seems like there was just a couple of families that just, you know, stuck together. You know, you had the Mulnixes with Ryan and, and then Logan afterwards, you guys, the LeClairs, the Burkles. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and a lot of it started. My dad had a great club back then, mm-hmm. uh, and before that, even there was an Adam and Ben Fisher. They were oh, okay. in our lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of my dad's got a picture at home that's framed that says where it all begins. Nice. And it's all of us in there, you know, and the rest of the North Little Links team. But uh, the families that you just mentioned right there, I just. Yeah, every weekend we're all going to the same tournaments together. (laughs) You know, we had a bond and everything, and it all paid off. Yeah. Yeah, and um, he started your little kids program, you said? Your dad did? Or he he I mean, I don't know. I can only obviously remember it as far back Mm -hmm. as I've been alive. But my dad was a big, big impact uh, for how things got started, I believe. Yeah, what what was your what was your little kids program called that he? he it was Northland Little Links. Northland Little Links. So you guys would just hop into a van, go around, kick kick some ass, come home. Pretty much, we all had a tight bond and everything, and uh, that's what we enjoyed doing every weekend was just taking off and, you know, sometimes we rode in the same vans, but yeah, just taking off in vehicles and going to the local tournaments and come back home usually with some hardware so yeah and you know it all culminated for you at the you know at that age you know you won an AAU state title as an as an eighth grader yeah you know I mean I'm sure that was pretty that was probably a pretty big deal I mean that's that's yeah. that's cool I know? think that's when things started for me and I knew what I could do really yeah because that same year, like we always went down to uh, Tulsa Nationals. Oh, every yeah, yeah. Kids, and I had never placed in that uh, until my eighth grade year. Okay. What place did you and get? I got eighth. Wow. And then uh, I went to uh, some duels in Virginia. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. I did well in there. And then we, same charter bus, we went to a national tournament in Georgia. 
I won that tournament. And I remember coming back home and I'm just like, I'm winning it. Yeah. <laughs> like wow. I, I knew hundred percent I could win the win state. Mm-hmm. I mean, never years before I never didn't have confidence in myself, you know, mm-hmm. I always thought I could win it, but there was uh that my eighth grade year was an absolute I'm winning it. Yeah. Wow. Did, did you, you know, did your brothers ever lack confidence too from time to time? I don't know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if they did, they never told me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's I not just, that I never lacked confidence. That was just my eighth grade year. I knew that I just 100% knew there was no one that was going to stop me. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was a guy that I pinned in the finals that year. He beat me at this, I believe it. He beat me somewhere. Mm-hmm. I want to think, I want to say it was like at Iowa City West or something like that. And uh, I just remember him just being like super strong and mm-hmm. <laughs> in the finals in eighth grade. Uh, I think something, I don't know if it was something somebody told me or what, but I heard something about a cradle and I had a cradle locked up on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I looked over at my dad and I think Daniel might've been there too. And I was going to do the suicide cradle, you know? Yeah. And they're both shaking their head. No. And I just in my head, I'm like, yeah, I am. And I'm going to get it. <laughs> I rolled him through with it and pinned him. And it was a pretty sweet feeling. Yeah. Heck yeah. Especially a suicide cradle. Those. Ooh, but, yeah. Anything you know, can happen there. Yeah. But you know, you probably have a good, obviously with as much as wrestling as you've done, a good feel for it, you know, yeah. whether or not it's going to work. Right. So, but, um, so yeah, so that's kind of when you think you turned the corner a little bit. Yeah. I was, I had a lot of confidence for sure after that. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, it seemed like a transition right into high school. Cause you came right in and yeah, took, took I mean, eighth place. And that was after yep. a broken ankle. So how long were you out when you broke your ankle? Luckily it was, I never missed a match in high school my freshman year. Wow. Through the ankle. Uh, Cause it was, uh, I broke it the first game of football season. Jeez. So um, I want to say maybe I had two weeks of practice in for the first duel. And then mm-hmm. we wrestled East Buchanan. Um, but no, I just going into high school and you know, the brothers I grew up with, you just, I expected nothing less, you know, mm-hmm. I expected to not just make it a state, but I expected to try and win it. And, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, that's the mentality you have. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, we talked about earlier, you hit, you hit some adversity, some injuries, you know, did you ever, yeah. you know, you talked about when you were at the police Academy, you thought doubt started to creep in. You thought, man, maybe I should quit. Yeah. You know, did you ever think about that for wrestling? Like, no. man, you know, I'm hurt. I keep getting no. hurt. Uh, no, absolutely not. Wow. Uh, with football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, maybe I shouldn't be playing football if I ever <laughs> want to try and win a state title, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, you, you only live once. And when you're that young, just a kid I was working with the other day, 
he uh, had a shoulder injury and he was kind of making comments about, you know, if he hurts it again, he's not sure what he's going to do in terms of his wrestling career. And I'm just like, you are young. Like Mm -hmm. you get surgery again and you go back out there and wrestle, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, he was even talking about college and stuff. Like, I just don't know if I'll be able to go compete there. If I heard it again, it's just like, you're a young man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so did you feel like you were behind a little bit then after, you know, like maybe your sophomore year after you hurt your knee and you didn't get to compete at all your sophomore year? Did you feel maybe a little, a little behind? I don't think I ever felt that I was behind. Mm-hmm. I'm sure theoretically, uh, <laughs> had I been in my, the lineup, in wrestling other, you know, in competitions, I'm sure that would have definitely made me more advanced going into my junior year. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I mean, like I said, I got back on the mat before I was really supposed to. And I was still probably two months before I technically should have even probably two months before I was even someone would have ever cleared me. I was in the room wrestling live. Wow. And you had no issues, no issues. No. Huh? Wow. Knock on wood. I still have no issues with <laughs> nice. it. Nice. So. Well, that, that's great. Um, Cause the other thing I noticed was when you were wrestling your senior year, you had your, um, your right hand was taped up pretty good. Yeah. In this day at the state tournament. So I was like, man, did you, did you get dinged up again a little bit there? I think it was just more like sprained a ligament in my thumb, something like that. Still, mm. you know, because, yeah, it looked taped up pretty good. Yeah. So they had, they have good trainers there at the turn. So after one of the matches, I just went back there and had them start taping it. So, yeah. So the state tournament, they have like, you know, just their own set of, of trainers. Right. Yeah. They, there's they, like, they, uh, they have, yeah, they have trainers there on the mats, but then mm-hmm. also like on the way past toward to the locker rooms, there's a, you know, like or training room, I guess you would say mm-hmm. where you go in there and people can, if you have any issues, they can try and fix you up, things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, when you were kind of going through some adversity, you know, it, it seemed like, from the outside, I guess I'll say Dan was going through a little bit. And so was Nick, you know, it seemed like all three of you guys kind of were going through some adversity at the same time when Dan, you know, when he was at Iowa and maybe, maybe not Nick at the time. Cause I think Nick was a senior, but you know, how was that like as a family, you have three guys all wrestling top level and everyone's going through their own adversity. Like that'd be just, I just feel like on a family that just would be kind of difficult. You just, uh, I guess just being the wrestling family when you're, when you grow up in wrestling family, you just, you learn in a way to take care of yourselves and you know what each person's trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's no, in a way it's no different than, somebody on your team, you know, it's somebody on my team gets hurt. I'm not going to let that affect what's going to happen to me when I step out there, you know, 
Mm-hmm. We all have the same goal of winning, no matter what national title, a state title. And you just kind of put the blinders on in certain times. Uh, and you go out there and compete still. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. mean you don't talk to each other about the stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how close, you know, even Michael, like how close were the four of you? Do you have any other siblings I should ask? No, just no? four boys. Or just the four no. of you. Yeah. You guys pretty, pretty tight knit group or, cause I know you're yeah. spread out a little bit, you know, so that can be difficult. Yeah. There was a lot of, you know, Michael. So let's see, Michael's eight years older than me because it goes like two years, two years, two years, and then four. So Daniel's Mike's eight years older than me. Daniel's four next two. Uh, so oh, he was, wow. he's the big brother, but he was also a really good big brother, you know? Yeah. Um, sentimental guy, always there for you. Things like that. Um, but I mean, obviously growing up too, there was always fights and things like that. But <laughs> yeah. When it came to sports, I mean, we we're always there for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it two on two? Was it like you and Nick versus Dan and Michael or Daniel and Michael? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Nick's the one that got a lot. It was actually more when Michael left and was in college. Yeah. <laughs> Nick trying to beat me up and then Daniel coming in and beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> was there ever a time where you, you, you know, where Nick tried to come at you and you, you gave it right back to him and he was like, Whoa, all right. <laughs> well, uh, only time I can think of is, I mean, we were pretty young. I don't know how old we were. We're, I was in elementary, but he was doing something to me and I started fighting back with him he <laughs> took off and i grabbed this little mini rocking chair and threw it at him <laughs> he shut his bedroom door and it got stuck in the door <laughs> okay then all right yeah better watch it yeah <laughs> um so real quick touch on like you know you said the goal was always to win your you know win a state title and you know unfortunately it didn't come to fruition for you yeah. However, you know, it's always admirable when you see somebody lose, you know, and come back and get third. You yeah. Know? I mean, was that, this might sound like a weird question. Was that, was that hard to regroup and come back? Cause some people are like next, but you know, it move was on probably one of the most challenging things in my life. Wow. Cause I obviously, yeah. Especially with the family background we have in wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, two brothers that wrestled the most had state titles. Everyone expected me to win one. Uh, I expected to win one. Uh, every after that match, I'm pretty sure every match that I won after that one, I'd come off the mat crying just because I knew like. You know, it sucks. I'm just winning, I guess. I don't know. My dad, but that's one thing my dad always told us too. Uh, And I remember him telling me my senior year, he's like, this is where the college recruits start looking at you. This is where champions are made. 
those who fell short and come all the way back and get third now. So that's what I did. Yeah, that's, that's tough. And like I said, that's admirable. I, I'm, I believe it was, there was this tandem volleyball team, uh, sand volleyball team for the United States, their Olympians. And I think one of them was like Carrie Walsh and um, they won gold, like, you know, how many years in a row and yeah. she, they got beat one year and they fought back for bronze. And she said that that was harder to win than the gold medal because they expected to win gold. And so when they got beat and had to come back for bronze, that it was so much tougher, you know, that, and they were appreciated the bronze so much more because of the adversity they had to go through. So, yeah, I, you know, I can't imagine what you went through, but um, how did you hold it together while you were wrestling? Cause you said you would come off the mat and you'd be in tears, but how did you warm up and how did you get yourself ready you know, for, for the backside matches. I just, I think I was getting a little pissed off. Things like that really, you know, mm-hmm. but then I think the coaches really helped me. They just always in my ear, mm-hmm. you know, and I knew it was still my job. I'm not taught. I was never taught growing up when you lose at something, you quit you stop, you know? So, and I probably didn't need the coaches there telling me I knew I still had to go out there and wrestle every match. You know, I didn't want to lose that match. And then, you know, it's going to look a lot worse. You lose that match. Then you go down the ranks and get eighth or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, no, I, I'm going to finish my tournament. So yeah, that was never a decision not to, you know, it was mm-hmm. just, I was going to finish it and I was, I was going to get third. Mm-hmm. Um, have you, <coughs> excuse me, have you been able to, to appreciate that, you know, the journey that it took you to get, you know, that you got third, you know, even though you I wanted that, so. that gold medal, you know, you wanted to win it, but. Cause that, uh, that article where Wagner's in on the leg yep. at the state tournament. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the police academy I finally threw that away. I had that thing laminated. Wow. Yeah, and I kept it with me, and I even took it with me there. And then as I'm going through the academy, I'm just like, you know what? I don't need this anymore. And I just – I mean, every year that this high school state tournament comes through, Mm -hmm. guarantee you, yeah, the first day I think about that match – but I also, I truly believe maybe I want to be where I am today if it wasn't for that match. Yeah. Truth. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, I was just thinking as you were saying, you kind of, you know, just recently kind of threw away that picture was that's, I feel like that was somewhat that still had that fire lit in you. Oh yeah. You keep going like, you know, yeah, it's a, uh, but yeah, once a year when that state tournament, I'll think about it. Yeah. Uh, but no, I just, yeah, I love the sport. That's where I obviously I wanted that state title. It didn't work out mm-hmm. for me. But yeah, I mean, who knows if I, maybe that gave me more drive afterwards. I don't know. Yeah. When, when, when did uh, Cole enter the picture? 
for you? Oh, I think they they are always one of my number one schools. Oh, really? It was them or Iowa. I think Coach O started sending me letters my junior year. Yeah. Uh, showing up at everything. I mean, I got probably 10, 12 letters in two years. <laughs> uh, so they were always number one or number two on the list. Yeah. We, did did you go there before Nick or did you guys no. show up at the same time? Showed up at the same time. Uh, wow. So it was my senior year. Wrestling's over. I'm trying to figure out if I want to go to Iowa or go to Co. And I was really, I had no clue where I was going to go. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, man, I really would love to wrestle with my brothers again. Uh, I loved how Coach O was talking to me all the time. He was super interested in me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then still wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And Nick called me one day. He called me or texted me. He's like, hey, have you made your decision yet? <laughs> and I was like, no. I have not. Why? What's up? And he's like, your decision might affect what I do. I'm like, all right, I'm going to co. Wow. Yeah. Cause at that time, Nick was so close to being in the lineup, being the starter at 149. Yeah. 49 or 57. I forget whatever weight Ballwick was at. And, uh, he was doing really well, and then he ended up blowing out his knee while he was at Iowa. Oh, jeez. So all this ground that he made up uh, and was doing so well and you know, his wrestling, I feel like he just went back a bunch of steps because now he's got to recover. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. He just, I guess – it worked out mm-hmm. once, once he sent me that text. I was like, okay, I'm going to go then. Like I, he didn't even have to tell me if you go to co, I'm going to come with you. I knew what he meant. So, yeah. Wow. Oh, and so when did Nick start to like, think about co then I guess probably you know, cause he's he at Iowa, you know, like, right. Probably, probably when he was, uh, it was during his injury. Yeah, when he's going through the rehab, and you know everyone's out there getting better, and he's here trying to work, get his knee worked on, you know, trying to recover from that. So I, maybe he felt like he was getting set back. Everyone's getting up ahead now. I don't know. Yeah, Where, but it was definitely you, during his injury. Yeah did did you lend some advice to him then because you had been through that already with your knee injury? be honest with you no i didn't (laughs) uh i know his toughness yeah um and i know heck with my surgery so the surgery he had at iowa was 10 times better than what i had because with mine he was a or with mine uh when i got into physical therapy I could barely even bend my leg at all. Like they, every day they want you to get so many degrees and I could only get so many degrees in mobility. And, uh, that's why I'm like, I'm talking like your leg straight mm-hmm. and you barely even crack it. Yeah. Yep. That was my wow. mobility. And wow. Nick, while they were in there, 
they broke all the scar tissue and everything while he's in surgery. So when he came out from his surgery and he started therapy, he already had almost 50% range of motion. And I, they never did that with me. I had to break through all my scar tissue. Jeez. And you still were on the mat in, you know, a few months. Yeah. Wow. And I remember the day the lady's like, I didn't know what breaking through scar tissue meant, but uh, she's like, oh, you're so close. You're right there. And I was on an airdyne and I'm like, okay, you know, I can go a little bit farther. And I went through and I heard this big pop and it was like, it was worse than tearing every ligament in my knee. Like I had no clue that that's how I was going to feel to break through scar tissue. (laughs) Like I started instantly just sweat and I I was not happy with her. (laughs) You could have given me a warning what I was going to feel like, you know? Yeah. So it, it hurt. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, they had every day, like, in therapy, they had to actually, you lay on your back, mm-hmm. you put your foot flat, you know, and every day they were having to take my leg. And even if my leg can't go any further, or if I can't make it go any further, they're making it go another two. Uh, wow. So, and you did this at such a young age, man. Like, Yeah. You know, I just, when you hear about injuries, you know, a lot of times we just expect athletes to just come back, you know, that's, yeah. but the, what you had to go through, man, just sounded just tough. Yeah. It wasn't fun. Yeah. Um, so, so you both get to call and you guys have, you know, he has a great three years. You start out hot, man. I mean, you have a good couple couple years you're a national qualifier a couple times you know know, um i remember yeah my first year uh, i think i won the first three tournaments wow and my dad ended up going to the coaches and asking them like hey uh he wanted to know the quality of competition i was wrestling (laughs) wow okay because he couldn't believe that i had won three tournaments and yeah the first one was like a freshman tournament, right? Uh, but then the next two were opens and they're like, no, he's, he's beating some good people. Yeah. <laughs> well, how were you so prepared that first year? You know, cause a lot of times think, there's a lot more lumps, but you were, I think it all goes back to obviously our experience wrestling yeah, whole life. And believe it or not, our, just our high school practices. Our high school practices were just as hard as Co's. The yeah. only difference I said was the the competition in the room now. But otherwise, I mean, our trainings were the same, same type of warm ups, drills, live wrestling. Uh, throughout high school, uh, during season, we'd go. I think one once or twice in the morning we would. Two days a week, we would have uh, weights and runs. Oh, wow. In the morning. Yep. And we were doing the same thing with, uh, obviously, when you get to the get to the weeks where you have a duel and tournament, you're only, I think, a Monday you come in. Yeah, probably Monday or Tuesday you come in and you do the morning run and lift. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, we we're doing the same type of stuff at Cole. A lot of stuff was similar. It was just more competition in the practice room now yeah 
Yeah. So, you know, the saying goes, you know, they always say iron sharpens iron. And um, so lifting weights while you were, did you cut a whole lot of weight then? Cause if you're lifting weights, you know, that'd be it tough wasn't, to It wasn't weight. terrible. Well, a lot yeah. of our, a lot of our lifts uh, uh, were condition based lifts in a way. Oh, you know, okay. yep, yep. lighter weight, lots of reps. Yep. Cause that's what you, you aren't going to go out there in a match and just overpower everybody. Yeah. You know, you need the conditioning. You don't want your arms, your muscles getting tired in the third period. You want to still be able to use your hands. Uh, so yeah, a lot of our lifts were conditioning based lifts. How did you go through school then? Like, you know, waking up at, 5:30 hitting school at or hitting the gym at six for weights or running. Then you have to go through a school day. Then you have to go to practice. Then you have to go home and do homework. Like, I mean, in for, high school, yeah, in high school, that's that's a lot for a kid. You just, it is a lot. I think our, I want to say we our morning run and lift would start at like 6:30, right, something right around there. You know, yeah, be done by 7:30 already eat breakfast whatever and then boom you know start school but i don't know i became invested in the sport so much to where mm -hmm. i took a lot of pride into it like yeah this is you know and looking back at it now it even feels even more special mm -hmm. i'll just uh you learning the balance of life i guess you know being, being able to balance everything you know if you're in a relationship and then your home life and school life, your sports life, you know, you're just really learning to become a man, I guess at that time. Yeah. But yeah. it was just, it was kind of like some of the coaches would sometimes make comments like, you know, we're on a business trip and, you know, we're packing up our suitcase. We're going to go to the school. We're going to get the job done, do what our fans expect. Then we're going to go home. And then, you know, so it was kind of fun sometimes to look at it that way. Like, yep. Time to go to work. Yeah. We'll pack up and, you know, get it done. Yeah. And you, your fans travel. So, you know, you know, you want to, awesome. you want to, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I guess I forgot to ask when, when did you start taking wrestling seriously? Was that when you won it, you know, at state, your eighth grade year? That's when you were like, all right, this is what, this is what I'm doing. I think uh, I think I knew at a very young age that this is wrestling was the sport. Uh, I want to say maybe the first two years. I think Nick would say the same thing. First two years, I don't think we really liked it that much. <laughs> yeah, because my dad kind of, in a way, was like, "No, you guys are wrestlers." Like, you know, but we still played all the other sports, you know, that we wanted. Yeah. But it was nope. We're gonna pack up. We're on a school night, and we're gonna drive down to the Hawkeye kids club oh, yeah. that Pablo Ubasa did. Uh, and we drive down twice a week to Carver and practice, come home, you know, things like that. But uh, yeah, I think the first year or two, I wasn't a huge fan of it. And then I think more and more wins came mm -hmm. and started to realize, Oh, you know, this is fun. This is kind of what we're supposed to do. That type of thing, you know, so when Michael decided to, you know, to hang it up, um, you know, was that, that must've been tough. 
it was tough for my dad for sure. Yeah. I was, I was still pretty young at that mm-hmm. time. Or I can't even recall why, why he quit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't recall, but, uh, yeah. And I've never actually asked him. Yeah. I don't think I've ever asked, asked. I just respected the decision he made, I guess. Yeah. And I think at that time too, he was the young, the, the oldest brother in wrestling, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think he was probably getting pushed pretty hard. Yeah. And we were too young to understand any of that. So, yeah, true. True. Did, did you ever come across the time during your career that you were like, yeah, I'm done. Uh, I don't think I ever thought it, I'm done. Like, I want to be done. I want to quit or anything, mm-hmm. but we were pushed hard enough through everything in life to where I was just like, at the, there was times looking back, I would see, I could see myself being like, you know, why is dad pushing us this hard? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. things like that. But now today it all makes sense. <laughs> if it wasn't for any of that, want to be where I am today. Yeah. And um, before we move on to something else, I, I wanted to, you know, you kind of hit maybe a wall or, you know, your, your last couple of years at code seemed to not go the right, you know, the way that we, we would have liked it to go. What, what kind of happened the, the latter years of your career at co that, that, you know, maybe stopped you from achieving your, your goals. All injuries. Yeah, dang. Yep. My uh, junior year. No, because, I mean, every year that we'd start, like, I could tell I was getting better. Yeah. Tell I was beating good quality opponents. Some guys that were already All-Americans the year before and things like that. Uh, Then my junior year, wrestling – I believe we were wrestling Air Force. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think we were wrestling Air Force. I forget who we were wrestling. I think, yeah, junior year wrestling Air Force at home. Uh, did an underhook throw by to a snatch single. Missed the leg. Guy came down his whole body weight onto my shoulder. Ooh. And I heard everything just tearing it. So... End up uh, what I was doing, and I, I still stayed the starter. I never did therapy. I mean, I might have done therapy, you know, but I never took a day off or a week off. But they put me in a brace, and I figured out every time I'd extend my arm and get a force against it, you know, like if I'm snapping my head, snapping a guy's head, yeah. and my arm's extended, and he's pulling his head up, and with like how much force I'm putting into it, my shoulder would subluxe. So it'd come out. And then once I'd let go, it'd go back in itself. Uh, so that's really, I mean, that year, absolutely. Yeah. Is the reason why, in my opinion, why I didn't make the nationals. And then the following year, because I want to say my junior year, I may have been ranked fifth in the nation. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, once that happened, it was almost like wrestling with one arm. Uh, then my senior year was even worse. 
Uh, I think we're wrestling uh, Dubuque kid. I think I was wrestling from a kid from University of Dubuque at home. And uh, I didn't even do anything weird this time. I was just in on a high crotch on his left leg. And I usually hit my high crotch on, well, it'd be my left, you know? Yeah. I usually like hitting to my left, so his right leg. Yeah. But I ended up on a high crotch on the right. And he just, he didn't even sprawl hard, nothing. He just slowly started sprawling in my arms and everything started getting extended. And I heard everything crack and pop. And oh, my gosh. You know, I probably tore it again, you know, yeah. and I spin around behind me and I push up and my shoulder completely dislocates. Unbelievable. So I go back down to my belly, let him turn me to my back. My shoulder goes back in. It's like, Oh, I can keep wrestling. <laughs> I get off my back, go to push up again. It dislocates. And that was the first time in my life I ever actually quit. <laughs> After it popped out a second time, I was like, okay, you can't do this anymore. I let him turn me over and pin me. Yeah. And I had to get taken to the hospital there and they put it back in. But then I took a month off of wrestling, just lifting a lot. Uh, went back into Coach O's office and I was like, hey, I want to come back and I think I should move up to 49 said, I think my shoulder's stronger. I think I control it more now. He's like, all right. So first tournament's Cornell tournament. And the guy that's the starter, I end up wrestling him and beat him. And they make me the starter. And it was probably, it depended on the quality of my opponents. If it was somebody that was national qualifier, all American, to where it's a little bit tougher match, you know, my shoulder would pop out and I'd have to take a step or two back, pop it back in myself and then keep wrestling. What's it like when it pops out? Like, can you describe to, you know, because we've seen it before, you know, the one that comes to mind was Michael Kemmer that this last big tens, you know, like, and that's the thing is I've never actually seen it myself. Like we had the whole match is videotaped, but I, you know, some people say your shoulder just drops off, you know, but it just, it's, if you don't get it popped back in right away, you're not getting it in without going to the hospital. Really? Uh, you got to uh, instantly grab your arm and pull it to your side. But it's just like, it's almost like there's a wall that's trying to stop your, the ball of your shoulder going into the mm. sock. Uh, oh, yikes. A few people have, do you know the shots? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So after college, I was with those, the three shots at their house and we're playing basketball in their pool. And it had been like six, seven months since my shoulders ever popped out. I wasn't thinking anything of it. Kyler goes up for like, uh, to make a shot and I go up and try and block it and boom, it pops out there in the pool. Oh my gosh. And it had been so long. Uh, there, uh, they would have the best description of what it looks like. They saw it firsthand, but yeah, I was just like, back away, back away. <laughs> I grabbed it and I just started yanking on it as hard as I could. And oh my back gosh. Back again. Yeah. It's, like something, it. it's not, yeah, it's hard to even describe. It's not knives. 
you know, the, that type of pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pain that you can't really describe. The best thing is just, yeah, like a wall. There's a wall between the ball and your socket and you're trying to force it back. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, um, funny you bring up the shots. That was actually what I was going to ask you about. Cause I know you were, um, cause Brendan was at Iowa. What was it last year? Two years ago, two years ago, I think. You Tyler. Know? Kyler. Yeah. Kyler two yeah. years ago, you know, was on the offensive line. They were all wrestlers. It was just awesome. You know? Yeah. And I saw you go down there and take some pictures and just was, you know, yeah, wanted like, to uh, pick your brain about how cool that was for you. Well, I mean, he's like a brother to me. Yeah. His, his, uh, his oldest brother, Jordan, he was, uh, our heavyweight in high school and growing up through elementary, like my mom, uh, when I was in elementary and stuff like that, she wouldn't let me stay at anybody's house on a school okay. night. Yep. But okay. she would let me stay there because she knew how good of a, how good Jordan's mom was and Kyler's mom. Like yep. she was like a second mom to me, you know, she's yep. going to make sure I got my schoolwork done, things like that. And so, yeah. And I spent like summers at their house and things like that. So I'm close to that family big time. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we ended up getting season tickets his senior year and going to all of his games. And it's just, it's cool to see uh, what he used to be and what he is now. Like his transition was awesome to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Where's where he or what's he up to now? Did he, you know, is he on a practice squad somewhere or? That was, the, you know, that was the hopes. He, uh, he tried out, he went to a mini camp tryout. He was invited by the Buccaneers and the Packers. Okay. He went and tried out for both of them. I think it was like three day mini camp, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was done with them, I asked him, I said, so what's the next step? Like, do they, did they tell you like when they'll give you a call, see how you did and he told me it sounded more like maybe if somebody gets hurt, they might give him a call, but that's pretty, pretty hard. You know, do yeah. I keep working out and training, not knowing if I'm ever going to get a call that type of thing. Yeah. But, uh, he's, uh, so yeah, I mean, it was, it's awesome for him to say even that he got to do that, you know? Yeah. But, uh, now he's working full time. Uh, at the Lynn County Juvenile Detention Center. Okay. And his mom's a director there. And really good job. Yeah. Oh, geez. I wouldn't want to be there while he's working. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, um, but I was going to want to also ask you about um, the adversity that you went through in your life. Did that sort of, you know, do you think that helped you when you had your son Merrick? You know, he had some adversity going on. Yeah. And, you know, in the early part of his life. So, you know, if you just could, you know, kind of touch on that, because I know that was had to be tough. Yeah, it was. Uh, again, yeah, I've actually I talked a year last year or two years ago. Brendan, he's the coach for Northland now. He asked me to be a guest speaker for their banquet. So I said I would and. That's I've talked about stuff like that. Yeah. And I just, you know, telling the kids like 
there's just so many, you're not just wrestling. It is amazing how much, uh, you learn about life and how wrestling prepares you for life after wrestling, you know, uh, just the mental toughness, uh, working hard, you know, the amount of work you put in, what you, you're going to earn what you put in, you know, that type of thing, just the mental Mm -hmm. toughness. And yeah, I mean, it just prepares you for life. And I told the kids, I said, I, I honestly don't think if it was for the way I was raised, God and wrestling, I'm like, I don't know that I could have gotten through it. Uh, Cause we, we didn't know that he was going to have any issues. Mm-hmm. They didn't know uh, prior to the pregnancy that he was going to have a heart defect or anything like that. It was, uh, you know, he was born nurse says, Hey, we're going to take him in for a ear test or whatever, his hearing test. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how long is that going to take? Cause I was holding him. She's like, Oh, not long. <laughs> okay. Over an hour goes by. And I told my wife, I was like, there's something wrong. She's like, I'll stop. I'm like, no, they said it won't take that long. I'm like, it's been over an hour. And they come back in and tell us the news. Like heard a heart murmur. He's got to go by ambulance to Peoria. Um, then yeah, he had surgery when he was a week old or maybe eight days old. Mm-hmm. And at that time, he was just a two-chambered heart baby after his first surgery. He doesn't have four chambers. And that was what was one of the hardest things for me is when I knew he was going to make it and everything, and everything was fine. Uh, you know, we asked questions like, so what do you, what's the downside of having two chambers? They're like, well, he's going to be limited in like what he can do in life. Like, like what? Well, I want if he does sports, I want to let him get attached to a certain sport because some of them, uh, they might tire him. The harder they get, you know, the more you have to work out, the more energy you expend, uh, he's going to tire easier. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to hear that thinking, you know, maybe he can't wrestle someday. Uh, but then after a year old, they were able to – rearrange some things and make him a four chambered heart baby. Nice. Now he has no restrictions. He's got so much energy. It's like yeah. you would never know he had a heart surgery. So wow. But, That's... Yeah, I mean if I I think if I wasn't in wrestling because wrestling's a different kind of sport. The amount it's uh you're not relying on the buddy next to you on the line to make a certain block, you know, things like that. What you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. You step out into a circle with one other guy and it's up to you to win the match. Mm-hmm. Not your buddies on the chairs watching you, not your coaches. It's up to you. So there's so much more. I feel like and it's not to knock other sports, right? but just the individual part of the sport. I feel like it's just like no other sport in terms of learning things after life. Yeah. Well well said. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. He's sounds like he's doing great. I, I, he just had his, it's been a couple months though. Well, he just turned seven. Yeah. And you got him, you got him an e-bike. Yeah. 
Just a little electric razor bike. Yeah, he likes it. Yeah, is it like a is it like a little like a mini dirt bike kind of like or is it like a electric powered bicycle? It's like a mini dirt bike, but All right. it's, uh, it goes up to eight miles an hour. All right. Yeah. No, um, he likes it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. But real quick, back to what you said about, you know, the sport of wrestling. And, you know, I, I was just even thinking as you were talking, you know, or saying that, that, you know, in football, there were times I mean, I only played in seventh and eighth grade, but, you know, we won the game and that's all I cared about. You know, I don't remember how I did or if I needed to improve on anything. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, in wrestling, man, there's a lot more personal accountability that has to be taken into account. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I was thinking also about when you're out on, you know, when you're out on duty, there are times where you're by yourself, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah, there was a... Yeah, I mean, there's there was a call where I needed backup, not because someone was trying to fight me or anything, but mm-hmm. there's certain guidelines to where we have to we're required to ask for assistance, mm-hmm. and this stop ended up requiring assistance, and uh, the closest trooper was about twenty minutes away. Oh wow. So I was like, uh, check with the, you know, Rock Island County or check with this small town right here that I'm right next to. And they said that they'd be en route. And it was still 15 minutes before they showed up. So that's where I grateful for my background. Yeah. I, do, I feel confident. I mean, I'm sure there's some pretty bad dudes out there, but I at least feel I won't stay comfortable because you don't ever want to feel comfortable out there. Mm-hmm. That's when bad things can happen. But uh, I feel confident enough with my hands on that, you know, I can hold my own until backup is there. Yeah. That, that you know, do you, do you have cauliflower ear? Oh yeah. My yeah. right ear. I got it my senior year during freestyle. Yeah. Actually it might've been my junior year really did, did you guys yeah. freestyle a lot i i want like nick never did really yeah nick didn't until he did once or twice in college but yeah. uh i did uh daniel did the most daniel really? was yeah daniel was hardcore and then i don't know why but like i think daniel knew nick wasn't gonna do it and I was young enough to just listen to Daniel all the time. <laughs> Daniel got me into it and mm-hmm. things like that. I guess, you know, Nick did it when we were in like elementary. Once we got into high school, Nick never did it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I kind of listened to Daniel. I was like, oh, you know, he's the older brother, you know, mm-hmm. that's still around. So I'm going to listen to him and started, you know, going, went down to Kennedy when he was wrestling with like Joey Slayton, people like that. Yeah. I'd go down with him and Ironside. I did Fargo once or twice. Mm. Things like that. Yeah. When, you know, when Dan won his, his fourth state title or any of them, you know, like what, what did that do for you seeing his success and also seeing like Nick's success before you? 
I just, I loved it. It was, yeah. you know, I was a di- obviously a diehard fan and I knew they could do it, and, but it was so nerve wracking yeah. every time, you know, it, I mean, watching them win, I was proud. And then, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, now it's my turn. Yeah. That's what I got to start working for, you know, mm-hmm. I'm now I got to work harder, things like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, like I kind of said earlier, I don't care what class it is. There's tough wrestling and tough wrestlers out there, you know, mm-hmm. everywhere. They're everywhere. So, yeah. you know, you look at your brother, Dan, who won four state titles, your brother, Nick won one. And it's like, man, you know, you're sitting here. Unfortunately, you didn't get one, but you probably worked just as hard as they did. It's just, there, yeah. there's just tough competition out there, man. And it's, there you know, is. So and it's it un- seems like watching wrestling now, it just, wrestling's getting crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, how good people are and, you know, how many wins they have going into a state tournament <laughs> now is insane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's back fifth come some kids are coming in what 50 55 and oh yeah I mean, and i think oh my god i think the highest i could get going into state and this is what say without a loss yeah uh because i had my senior i had two losses going into state mm-hmm. i would say the highest i could get was probably 44 something like that you know yeah maybe 40 and now it's yeah it's in the 50s in oh. illinois you can only have so many varsity matches no kidding something like that like there illinois has got way different rules i coached here one year mm-hmm. uh with the high school team and there was stuff that i just didn't understand <laughs> like mm-hmm. gotta make sure hey we gotta hold this guy out this match or this duel otherwise he's got too many matches going into this competition like what you know wow yeah it's weird uh-huh and like i the first year that i helped coach there uh i don't know what it's called the blood run. it's where uh my dad said that's how his high school state tournament used to be um but like my nephew he's really he was really good wrestlers <laughs> And uh, his senior year, I know he had, like, he wrestled, like, a two-point match with the number one guy in the state. Mm-hmm. And in first round of the state tournament, he lost to somebody that maybe he shouldn't have lost to. Yeah. I remember people asking me, like, how do you think Trey's going to do? I'm like, oh, he'll be fine. You know, like, as long as he wrestles himself, like, he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And, and that kid that he lost to lost second round. So my nephew was done and I was like, what? what? And they're like, yeah, in order for him to stay in the tournament, that guy had to win. I'm like, this is stupid. Wow. Now that's in Illinois. They do that. Yeah. I think they finally changed it. All right. In the last year or two to where it's like, you know, us growing up in tournaments, you know, you get 
two losses before you're out, you know? Right, right. But I was just like, he never, because one got, because he got, had a bad match his first round. And then that guy goes and loses. You're telling me he's done. Yeah. Like, I hated it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did, um, have you gotten your, you know, your kids into it? I, well, Merrick at least, uh, you yeah, know, maybe him rolling around uh, a little bit. Yeah. Merrick always wants to wrestle and tells me he wants to wrestle <laughs> just with him. Uh, I can't get him to gain any weight. He's oh, okay. only about 40 pounds. Oh, wow. He's a first grader. Uh, yep. Hasn't gained a pound since last year. And for me, I don't want to. He's a very kind-hearted kid. He doesn't yep, have yep. toughness yet, unless it's picking on his brother. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, like when it comes out, you know, to practice or kid in a match, which is expected, you know, last year he was in kindergarten when I started him, mm. you know, he's out there just having fun. He doesn't have like a mean bone in his body yet. Uh, yeah. This year I might just take him to practices until I can get him to gain weight, make yeah. sure in the practice room when I'm showing moves or whoever is, he's sitting there with his legs crossed watching, mm-hmm. not interrupting. I want to make sure he's hundred percent engaged. I don't want him to get dropped on his head, you know, Right. And not like wrestling before you can actually officially say, I don't like it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's like, I'm not going to put him, you know, come next year, let's say he's 42 pounds. Okay. Well, he's going to be wrestling second and third graders or whatever, you know? Yeah. There's not going to be a lot of 42 pounders. And with kids, little kids, 10 pounds makes a difference. Yeah. I'm not going to be the dad be like, Oh, we'll bump him up a racket to get him three matches. No, because he's either going to get hurt or he's going to get beat up so bad to where he's never going to want to do the sport again. Yeah. So I'm taking it slow. I just don't want to make any mistakes. He does He does like it, does want to do it. I just want to make sure I do it right. Yeah. Did, did who, you... knows, who knows with the little one? He's uh, he's uh, only about five pounds less than his brother, and he's not even two yet. I was going to say, I thought, he, I thought he was two. Wow. November 20th, he'll be two. All right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, did, did you kind of learn that uh, from your dad, kind of, you know, taking it easy maybe? Like, did he take it easy with you guys coming through? Tell you the truth, no. <laughs> I think that's why I'm learning. <laughs> or maybe even from just coaching. Mm-hmm. I just did two years at Albert at Matt Pack. Uh, and just maybe watching, observing dads, watching families that are diehard wrestlers mm-hmm. and how hard they can push kids. And then ultimately some kids just get burnt out yeah. where there's some kids I know that were multiple state champs in high school, never went to college and wrestled. And why? I think because they got burnt out their whole entire life. Yeah. So that's where I, I think that's probably where I learned it is just observing and watching other families and dads. But no, my dad was pretty straight, you know, mm-hmm. we're packing up and going. Time to <laughs> how did you, how, or how do you explain how maybe you didn't get burnt out? I think, you know, just, uh, 
over time, the more and more success. Oh yeah. Then you realize that you are getting good, you know? Yeah. I mean, I could, I competed really well. I mean, AU state, I didn't win however many state titles my brother Daniel won, you know, yeah. things like that. I won a peewee state title. Um, and you know, through there I'm placed on the podium almost every year. Got second, second, sixth or seventh year, seventh grade year, something like that. I don't know, but just you know, going to tournaments. I I'd win a lot of tournaments, you know, things like that. I just didn't always win the state tournament. Uh, yeah, that that helps, you know, when you're young and have success to keep you yeah. out like that. For sure. Did you wrestle, you know, Nick a lot? Um. Uh, we uh when we were at co yeah i that was kind of like when uh it's kind of like a comfort thing in a way you know Mm -hmm. i actually when sometimes i'd be around in his corner like my uh the years i didn't make it to nationals yeah i'd find a way to get down on the floor and i'd be in his corner and i mean i i know that there's times that I'd actually yell something at me, look over at me and like, Hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, it's like he was responding to me and things like that. We had, we just had, we had, a, we probably had the closest bond cause we wrestled so much together. Yeah. But no, I, it was fun going in. We'd practice a lot together mm-hmm. going on things, you know, we definitely, I think made each other better. Yeah. How, you know, like I said, I'd kind of ask you later on, how, how special was it to, you know, wrestle with him in college and at, at co? It was awesome. It made yeah. things, I think, uh, just having a sibling there and we could always hold each other accountable and push each other. And just, it made things a lot easier. Yeah. I think I would have been fine. I tell you right now, it would have been way different if I was to see it any other way. Mm-hmm. Him not be there. However, if honestly, I think I probably would have went to Iowa if he was, there, <laughs> you know, just because I mm-hmm. think I wanted to wrestle with my brothers that bad. Yeah. But for me, one of the main choices to go to Co was it was smaller classroom setting, just like our high school was. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to learn that well at Iowa just being another person in the classroom, you know? Yeah. And not being able to connect with your teacher and uh, build a rapport and things like that. That's uh, that's really good self-awareness at a young age. You know, to yeah, think that, you know, cause I mean, even when it came to schoolwork, I had to work my butt off, you know, there's people in my classes that they didn't even read the book and they, could get an A plus on the test. Right. Yeah. I'd have to work my butt off to get a B plus, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. So. Yeah. Wow. Did, did, was there um some schooling involved in the Academy too, then I wonder, like, was that yeah, difficult was, for you? Uh, even though I already had a police officer certification, I had to take, I think we took a test every week. every week or every two weeks and it was anywhere from 50 to 100 questions oh jeez yeah so i mean yeah when you're uh you had to be pretty squared away and 
I'll just say the people that stuck out stuck out for a reason. Yeah. And they yeah. were like, you know, the ones getting smoked all the time, things like that. And, uh, but no, that's where, again, wrestling, how to balance things, you know. Yeah. I knew what I had to do. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, when you were kind of talking about going through, you know, the Academy, like the mindset of, um, you know, I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm doing this as hard as I can for as long as I can, you know? And, and that is something that you, you have to kind of learn, you know, and wrestling teaches you that like, well, the match ain't over. I got to keep going. Right. (laughs) I'm tired, but man, I can't stop. And yeah. so and even those days, those nights, you know, because I think the reason the first couple of weeks why I thought about like, man, do I need to be here? Should I be here type thing? Mm-hmm. You know, part of the reason why I'm also thinking that is because you're not in your house anymore. You're sleeping on their beds. You can't fall asleep. There's no AC. There's no noise. You're hearing people snore, things like that to where yeah. you can't sleep. So your mind's just racing. But even when I had those thoughts in my head, I mean, the next day when they pretty much rip us out of our bed, you're, uh, I'm awake, I'm ready to go and I'm giving a hundred percent. Oh yeah. Yeah. How, how about, you know, when you're in that, cause what you just made me think of was, man, you probably were giving a hundred percent, but you probably were only feeling 75%. You know how, yeah, and and that happens in wrestling too. Like it does. Ooh. So how was that trying to be? You know, not getting any sleep. Listen to all these people snore. You're not where you're comfortable, and all of a sudden you gotta be on. You know, you just, I don't know, you put your boots on and go to work, type thing. You know, yeah. Again, like I said, I'm gonna give a hundred percent. I think with my work work ethic and uh discipline because of the way i was raised through wrestling uh that's the reason why i didn't stick out to people in bad ways you know yeah and that was my goal is like the academy isn't terrible if you aren't sticking out like a sore thumb and you know getting ripped on getting yelled at and things like that so yeah. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like it, you know, it can eat, it can, it can swallow you up if you let it. Oh yeah. There's a, so our first day, uh, we had like the largest starting class size in ISP history. Wow. And, uh, I would say after our first week, I mean, I want to say we lost almost 10 people. I want to say we started with 125, 130 people, something around like that. And we graduated with 98, mm-hmm. something like that. What? So they just leave? There's like, yeah, I'm out of here. And you can just leave? Yep. Uh, well, when you report each day that you report, yep. uh, every Sunday that you report, you have to turn over your cell phone and your keys. Okay. And so... If they want to quit, they have to go to the counselor's office, talk to a counselor. Their counselor will try and convince them on reasons why they should stay. 
Yep. It is a really uh, pay-wise, insurance-wise, things like that. It's really got great benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they try and give them a bunch of reasons why they should. Yep. And then afterwards, if they still don't want to, like, okay. And I think even maybe at the very beginning, they might not even give them those, you know, but I think maybe even you get farther, like there's people, I think after a month they've quit before, but I think maybe like if it's the first day, the person's like, I can't do this. I want to go home and be like, all right, see you later. <laughs> that type of thing, you know? Yeah. 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 Wow. Dang. Did you, you know, I, I was, cause I was thinking about wrestling and how that's kind of like, you know, you can do that in college and in high school where you're just like, yo, this is too hard for me. I, I'm, you know, or I'm not cut out for this and just leave, just be done. Right. You know, but no, just keep grinding. Yeah. That's what you got to do in life. Yeah. Especially, you know, you got kids and a family now and right. Right. Okay. Yeah. There's going to be plenty of days. I don't feel good, but I still got to take care of my kids, go to work, make a living, things like that. Yeah. And the two things, like you just said was discipline, you know, your discipline and work ethic, like cliche as it sounds or whatever, but Hey, those are, those are big values and big deals that yep. you need to have. And wrestling definitely helps you with those for sure. So, um, but yeah, so, all right, well, yeah, we can wrap up here. We've been going it's, man, hour and 45 minutes. So yeah. This that was a good great. time, man. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I'm, you know, I'm glad Merrick is doing well. You know, that was one of my things I wanted to kind of just touch base and from a personal level, you know, also yeah. just, just to make sure that he's doing all right. You know, yeah, he looked pretty freaking about him. He, yeah, he looked pretty freaking happy on that e-bike. So oh yeah, no, he's uh <laughs> as long as you're not taking stuff away from him or of course you now disciplining him, he's as happy as can be. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Chris LeClaire, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can check me out on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. I also have a new website you can visit at www.letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care, and we will see you next time.